had a bad night, but it was his day that was becoming a nightmare. His mother had raised hell. Lava had been missing for two days in a row. Highly unusual for a man with no family or home, save the one he shared with his masters. No one was going to come looking for him, true, but a mystery just doesn't sit well with humans. Sulekha needed answers. So much so, she had forgotten all about the pup. Even the prospect of power sharing with her new daughter-in-law didn't concern her. It was the afternoon that broke all hell loose. Sahu's older brother had gone to the granary for some wheat. It was supposed to be a departing gift, a token of gratitude by Sulekha to his family for attending the wedding. He had reached almost halfway through the steel container when he came across five fingers. An open hand, bluish white, with golden grains of wheat surrounding it. It was as if the hand was giving the grains away. The little boy screamed. While Ved and a few other men pulled the hand out, the mother of the boy who discovered it covered his eyes. The hand was broken a little above the elbow. It was sucked dry of blood, but it still smelled of terror. The dirty fingernails and the old wrinkles betrayed its identity. Almost everyone knew it, but no one dared to speak Lava's name. The discovery of the appendage left the house bereft of guests. Ved had never seen his mother so silent or shaken. It was a cold day, but it didn't stop Sahu's mother from packing. She opened the storage unit, flushed in the stone and wood wall, to take out the belongings of her son. Her shriek jolted the men down below in the granary. They rushed to the room. The only odd thing about the room were the white faces of his mother and her sister. Ved followed their gaze to the storage unit, past the copper water container and a few folded sweaters. And then he saw it. Human legs, cut from below the knees, arranged neatly side by side. They were almost clean, pristine even, as if frozen with the utmost poetic care to display it in its full macabre aesthetic. The dirt under the large toenails, their growth owed to the neglect of years, was the only fault with the showpieces. Ved excused himself and rushed to the bathroom. Sounds of retching followed. His mother's sister was gone along with his cousins, swearing silence about the recent events. It was agreed that a scandal in the family that had only recently celebrated a wedding seemed most graceless and vulgar. But whispers among the men of the village were growing louder by the minute, some concerned, 
some downright terrified. It is most uncommon. I told you the gods rejected the sacrifice. The goat refused to shiver and now we must face their wrath. What is a black dog doing in a house when the embers of the sacred fire are still warm? The girl herself is a yakshini incarnate. First time she steps out of the house and she comes back with a black dog. We must notify the police. At least we'll know the identity of the body for sure. Police, have you lost your mind? They will arrest the next man who had a drunken brawl with Lava the night before and close the case. We must turn to the priest. He'll know what to do. Mark my words, he won't set a foot inside the house until the black dog goes. Goats, dogs, women, men will put the blame on all creatures he sees as inferior to his own self. If the fog had eased, they would see that the sun had already set in the sky, leaving them to the fate of the night. Sulekha sat in her bed, supported by pillows and covered by heaps of blankets. She was running a fever and could barely speak. An old woman from the neighborhood had already started wailing. Ved hated it. He took his mother's hand and felt the fire cutting his skin. He kept it down immediately, slid it under the blanket. You must call the priest tomorrow morning, Ved. Do not fight me on this. Don't worry, I will call him. What has happened to Lava? Don't worry, mother. We will find out. And where is your wife's son? Why hasn't she come to see me? She... she is resting. I will tell her. I am here, mother. A strong, clear, feminine voice filled the room. Ved couldn't recognize his wife's voice at this pitch. He turned around. His wife walked in, the black pup following her, much to the gasps of the village women. The pup looked bigger and healthier. The horrors of the afternoon had not caused Omika's beauty to dim either. There was an air of assertiveness around her. The women distanced themselves without a word and Omika sat beside her ailing mother-in-law. The black dog sat on the floor, his eyes still able to peer into the depths of her soul. I am here, Omika said again. She took her hand in hers. Ved expected his wife to withdraw the hand to keep away from the burning skin of her mother, but she held on to it. My daughter, I would not have this creature in my house if I were you. Her stern voice hid an unmistakable tone of plea, a certain helplessness. Ved waited for an argument from his wife, but instead he heard her say calmly, Of course, mother. She patted her hand and looked her in the eye. But you are not me. Sulekha pulled her hand away from the clasp of her daughter-in-law. The village women thought it to be an act of repulsion, a fitting response to such an insubordination, a revolt 
almost. They all made a mental note. This one was a bad influence. But Ved knew it was a physical, involuntary response. He himself had done the same thing when he touched his mother's burning hand. You will be fine in a few hours. You will see. Omeka smiled and walked away. The women distanced themselves without a word, and Omeka sat beside her ailing mother-in-law. The black dog sat on the floor, his eyes still able to peer into the depths of her soul. I am here, Omeka said again. She took her hand in hers. Ved expected his wife to withdraw her hand to keep away from the burning skin of his mother, but she held on to it. My daughter, Sulekha began, I would not have this creature in my house if I were you. Her stern voice hid an unmistakable tone of plea, a certain helplessness. Ved waited for an argument from his wife, but instead he heard her say calmly, Of course, mother. She patted her hand and looked her in the eye. But you are not me. Sulekha pulled her hand away from the clasp of her daughter-in-law. The village women thought it to be an act of repulsion, a fitting response to such an insubordination, a revolt almost. They all made a mental note. This one was a bad influence. But Ved knew it was a physical, involuntary response. He himself had done the same when he had touched his mother's burning hand. You will be fine in a few hours. You'll see. Omega smiled and walked away. Later that night, Ved asked his wife to sleep with his mother just in case if she needed something, as a mark of respect. She wouldn't like that, I'm sure. Omika replied. She's right. Ved thought. He had seen his mother fall sick several times over the years, but tonight she was mellowed beyond measure. I must see the priest tomorrow morning. He resolved. I want the dog to sleep outside. I can't have him in here. Ved spoke firmly. As you wish. Omeka smiled. He was expecting resistance, but it didn't come. It was as if she expected it to. She opened the door and the dog quietly slid out. She closed the door behind her and approached him. Come, make love to me. I I don't think we should. Omeka unfastened the strings of her kameez revealing two thin straps of her black bra, sharply contrasting her white shoulders. She loosened her hair and pulled her kameez down, her breasts resisting her will. Ved caught her hand. It was cold as the heart of a vigorous winter. You're freezing. Omika pulled him closer. Then make me warm. Try. <laughs> <laughs> 